We're going to jump right into today's gospel lesson because today's gospel lesson comes at a really critical time in the entire arc of God's salvation story. At the beginning of this chapter, Jesus has his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, that moment that we remember in Palm Sunday. And then last week's gospel comes just before this week's gospel. This is one big moment, Jesus in the temple being challenged by the Jewish leaders. And that's really where I want to focus today. As Jesus came in last week, the authorities, the Jewish leaders came to him and said, by what authority do you have to come in and turn over all the tables in the temple? And what they were really saying is, are you the Messiah? And like I said last week, Jesus doesn't really answer. He tells them a story. And then right here in today's gospel, we get another parable. So Jesus hits them twice with two stories in succession that tries to give them a chance to understand what God is doing through Christ. In this another parable that we just heard, Jesus tells a story of the owner of a vineyard who lets other people come and tend the vines in his vineyard. And then when he comes to get what he is due as the owner, the people reject his claims of ownership. They reject over and over. They even reject his only son. And then Jesus says, what do you think they're going to do when the owner shows up? And the leaders realize that Jesus is talking about them. Now, Jesus is there frustrating the leaders? Yes. But let's make sure that we are careful not to put the Jewish leadership on some really horrible pedestal. Because the Jewish leaders, those who are kind of jealous and critical of Jesus right here in today's story, they're people who just believe that they're right. They believe that they know best. They accidentally allow their egos and their education and their authority and their stature to butt up against the work that God is doing through Jesus. Now, let's just take a moment and let that sink in. We have people who are quite authoritative in their world, who think they know most things and think they are right most of the time, and they're hearing Jesus' stories, and they're resisting what Jesus is trying to do to change them. Does that sound familiar? It sounds like us, and no judgment, because it's me too. We, we are kind of in the same position. May not be identical, but man, it's super close. And it's very easy for us to point our fingers at the Jewish leaders and to not realize that we, very much like them, live in a world where we think we're right most of the time, where we think we have the authority most of the time. Into that group of people steps Jesus, and he's pushing them to consider that the world is different and to imagine that God is calling them to be different because he is there to transform them. Jesus speaks of healthy people who connect and yoke themselves to God as producing fruits of the kingdom. Those out there working in the vineyard are supposed to be producing those good fruits. And what does that even mean? Now, the greatest danger in Jesus' parable today, to me, is not that the world would reject Jesus, but that those who claim to be his disciples reject his call to commitment. Jesus' followers are called to commit. And Christianity is one of those challenges to us that goes way beyond just intellectual assent or good ideas, or good intentions. 
Christianity is meant to be something we take action to live out. Christianity is about actually accepting Jesus, the person, to transform everything we are, allowing ourselves to be changed by Jesus. And it's easy to think that good disciples are just people who say the right words. It's easy for us, most of us in this room, because we have kind of inherited our Christianity to believe ourselves to be good disciples just because we've always lived in a mostly Christian environment. We were raised with the holidays and with the stories and we put on the costumes as children and we come and we sit in pews as adults and we kind of think we're checking all the boxes all the while. We are resisting being changed by Jesus the person. For those of us who have inherited Christianity in particular, that challenge is even harder for us. If you've never been exposed to Christianity and you hear the story, you kind of have a clean slate and it's actually, in a sense, relatively easy. But for those of us who have inherited this, we kind of have these two big choices. We can be what some call cultural Christians, where we just kind of go through the motions and we say this stuff and we send out Christmas cards and we call it a day, or we can commit. And that commitment is what Jesus is really calling us into. That commitment makes us part of God's economy. Committing to a life that does not prioritize our own success, our own good, our own security, that is committing to a life that will produce kingdom fruits. And we don't like this at all. And so it's super easy for you to sit there and be like, sure, Chris, that sounds fine, but really, I'm good. Okay. I want you to actually take a moment and be a bit vulnerable. Take a moment to put down the kind of egotism that we're all guilty of, put down the kind of pride of who we are and what we've done and what we do, and see if we can actually say that we are committed enough to allow Jesus to take control and to change who we are. Every one of us has had experiences where we are so certain we know the right answer or the right course of action or the right whatever. We have all been caught in the trap where we double down on our certainty. And when we do so, we get pushed into a corner where we go crossways with the people around us. And once we're pushed into that corner, we find that we often continue down the path that separates us from other people because we are so right. And even worse, when we drive those wedges in between one another, we can begin to be so self-righteous that we're proud of holding true to whatever it is that we think we are right about and that we've accidentally and often unintentionally driven ourselves apart from one another. Separating ourselves from one another because we think we are right is exactly not what Jesus did. And separating ourselves from one another is exactly not what Jesus calls us to do. Being in relationship with one another matters. Being in a community matters. Allowing one another to help change us because of the gospel, that matters. We are being called to commit and invest ourselves in this community so that we can be changed. 
You've heard me say this many times that when the more we invest, the more we give, the more we care, and the more we care, the more we can be transformed. It is so easy for us to think of the tools that we have at our disposal as not really part of our discipleship identity. Right now, you're all being asked, just like me, to commit the money that we define ourselves with to this community. Money can be a tool that we use for our own good, and money can be a tool that we use to try to grab and hold and control the world around us. Giving is good for our souls because when we give, we actually give ourselves over to God. We give ourselves over to the transformative power of Christ. And here's the irony. Money is actually the easiest part of this. Money is actually the easiest way for us to quantify our discipleship. We can conceive of money. We can objectively define ourselves because of money. We know how much we have, how much we spend, how much we give, and that can make us quite proud. What's hardest for us is actually committing ourselves to Jesus. Giving ourselves over to Christ to be transformed and changed is scary. Giving ourselves over to Christ means we lose the control we think we have. Giving ourselves over to Christ means that we no longer live for ourselves alone, but rather we begin to live for others. To give ourselves over to Christ means we become part of God's work in a profound, tangible way. To give ourselves over to Christ means that we begin to produce the fruits of the kingdom, and we may not even realize what that means right now. To give ourselves over to Christ means that we will be changed, and change can feel scary. This year, I invite you to give enough to be changed. This year, will you give enough to lose a bit of control that you think you have? Will you give enough to make this church community the most important community in your life? Will you give enough to make sure that your ego doesn't control you, that your fears don't control you, that you are freed from the worry and the anxiety and the pressures of this world and enter into the incredible, profound, beautiful reality of God's love? This year, will you give enough so that giving frees you from the chains of that fear in the world and allows you to receive that amazing, beautiful joy of God's presence inside of us. You see, when we do that, when we commit ourselves so fully, only God knows the kind of kingdom fruit that we will actually bear in the world. And man, I can't wait to see how that looks. Amen.